Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just to piggyback off what Masha was praying over us earlier, I kept hearing this phrase, we are pressed, like pressed and not crushed, right? 2 Corinthians 4. But we are pressed, but we are pressing in. I feel like for many of us, the story of our life is when the pressing happens, we pull back. Blink twice. You know what I'm talking about. When it gets hard, when it gets pressing, we pull back. Maybe it's in relationship. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's in destiny. But when the pressing happens, we have a cycle where the pressing happens, we pull back. We're like, well, apparently it wasn't God's will. When, we, when the pressing begins, we press in. Jesus is our, is our example. He went to Gethsemane. You know what Gethsemane it was? It was an oil press where they pressed the all oil for the temple, for the presence of the Lord. He went to the place of pressing to be pressed, and he pressed to the point where he bled, he sweated blots, drops of blood, and he said, and nothing's going to slow me down. <laughs> I'm going in. I'm going all in. And this is that time. This is that time. I've, I've watched this again and again. Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about this? There are many things I will not press in for me, but I'll press in for you. There are many things I won't press in for myself, but I'll press in for my kids. I'll press in for the least of these. Well, here's your chance. Press in for the least of these and watch him squeeze out of you oil. Anybody ever looked at the pit of an olive? They're ugly. Anybody got one with your teeth and you about broke your teeth and cursed that thing? God takes those things that are not and squeezes pure oil out of it. All of it. All of it. And I want to just tell you, he squeezes every good thing forth. And so I just want to say for you that whatever, whatever you're struggling with, whatever the pressing is, this is not a time to pull back. This is a time to press in. I'll say this also, this is free. All of these are free. After that, you have to pay. The first report is almost always bad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The first report seems to always be bad. And the temptation is to pull back. And God says, wait, wait. We talked about this uh, weeks ago where Daniel first saw all these horrible visions. He said, I kept looking until I saw one like the Son of Man seated upon the throne. What we've been doing in Ukraine is we've been looking into some very dark situations. And we kept looking. We kept looking. You guys, some of you know... Um, uh, they were attempting to do an amphibious assault on Edessa. The first time, the entire crew mutinied. The second time, the winds were kept coming. The winds, well, no, actually, the second time they were coming, and I immediately went to despair. Anybody, you hear a bad report, and you immediately, it's all over, we're done? And the Lord said, not now, little tiger. Not now. Uh-uh. 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 And again, if it was up to me, I would have just gone in a hole because we've got friends in Edessa. And I said, Lord, okay, Lord, how do I do this? I said, what do you want to do? And he reminded me of a divine wind that had wrecked the, the Mongol fleets twice in trying to invade Japan. So I said, okay, we'll pray for a divine wind. We, I saw on the weather that this wind kept coming, but it's now official. There was a storm for four days that would not allow them to land. Though the enemy come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The enemy came in. 
and he raised up a standard. If the, just because the enemy has attacked, just because the report is bad, does not mean the end is determined unless we lay down and die. And what I want to say is this is not a time to lay down and die. This is a time to rise up. And I don't just mean Ukraine. I mean in your life. Because the pressing is happening all over the place. And the pressing simply means the oil's about to be revealed. Out of the ugly parts. Listen, the, type, the quality of the oil is not determined by the prettiness of the olive. Isn't that a good word? Is that a good word? <laughs> it's, it's out of the strength of the press. All right. And you know that glory? You know what the glory that, that is being revealed in us? You know what glory is? It is the image, the likeness, the presence of God. Do you know you can't do anything to sully the image and likeness and glory of God? Isn't that good news? So when it comes out of you, it's all him. Ah, All right. There we go. That was the preamble. Uh, so we've been going through Nehemiah. And, uh, uh, it, you know, to catch you up, if you're new, um, Nehemiah was a guy who had it all. He was, uh, the, um, he was the CFO of the Persian Empire. He had it all. He had all the money, all the, uh, all the power. Uh, he had all the access and the access to the king and in the middle of that place, God put something on his heart that had nothing to do with where he was called. Sound familiar? It had nothing to do. God put on his heart the fact that Jerusalem, the calling on his nation, was in ruins. They had been trying for 125 years to build, rebuild this wall around the city because without walls, anybody can take advantage of you. Some of you all lack boundaries in your lives. And the result is everybody can grab something off of you. They can, take, they can push you around. They can mess you up. And God wants to build walls. He wants to build walls, walls that have gates that allow the good in but keep the bad out. And so he was determined because every time they would start to get ahead, somebody would come in and take from you. Is your story financially that every time you get ahead, you get behind? God wants to change that story for you today. Is your story in relationships every time it starts to get good, then it gets bad? He wants to rewrite your story. And so in this place, he comes in, he, 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 uh, the Lord, he, he cries out to the Lord. The Lord gives him a strategy, and then the Lord gives him favor with the king. And the king lets him go, and he goes to Israel, and he invites the people to do a work that for 125 years they haven't been able to do. Just because something hasn't succeeded for 125 years or 125 days, in your life doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do it and won't do it quickly when we say yes and we don't do it alone. And so he, instead of trying to do it on his own, he invites everybody to the work and they rise up and they do the work and they begin to, they work on the wall. And what happens is he gets a marker that works. <laughs> the city, the city had all these different gates in it. Here's the temple up here. It had all these different gates in it. And what happened is each group took a different section of the wall to work on or gates. And the reality is they took the gates that were near them. Why? Because they had a vested interest. Now, we talked about this. I have a question for you. If I build a wall, just a piece of wall here, one nice chunk of wall, is it any good by itself? No. 
It's only good if it's connected to all the other parts. How many holes in the wall do you need to invade? <laughs> it is the unity of all the parts. So this is the lie of the enemy is if you can't do it all, don't do any. No, I'm taking my part. I'm letting you take your part. I'm taking, and then I, we are united together. There's a both and element. I'm not doing it all by myself and I don't have to do it all myself, but I do need to do my part. And so they each take their segment of wall and some giving more because the gates were more expensive. They, they begin to work and work and work. And what happens is there were guys in the, uh, in the area. If you guys, I'm so sorry, if we could show the map of, of the guys in the area, the, the map of Israel, there were, there were several groups that it did not, they did not want them to succeed. Uh, the white map, sorry. Uh, there, no, one more. There's one more map. There we go. Thank you. Sorry about that. So they were surrounded by enemies. Anybody found that when you say yes to Jesus, it reveals your enemies? Anybody know? You know what? You're like, everything is great as long as you're hopeless and pathetic. <laughs> the minute you actually rise up and begin to walk in your destiny, it makes people uncomfortable. But we like using and abusing you. Anybody here, you discovered boundaries and everybody started to be mad at you? You're like... No, the reality is, is that Samaria and uh, the, you know, uh, Tobiah, uh, the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Samballot in Samaria and Tobiah, the Ammonite and the Philistines and the Moabites and, and the Arabs all loved using Judah as their private piggy bank. Anybody have that? Anybody can ask for anything and they get it, whether you want to give it or not. Anyway, and so in that point is they began to build the wall. It made them mad. You should not be surprised that when you say yes to God, it makes somebody uncomfortable. Okay? They do it, but they, they continue on and they get a strategy. And the main part of the strategy was this, that they would blow a trumpet and wherever the enemy was attacking, they would run to there. The enemy was attacking Durham. Guess what? We ran to there. The enemy attacks Ukraine. We run to there. The, the, the reality is none of us can fight the enemy alone. But we can all together on the place where the battle is. There is an American ideal that I do it by myself. Anybody, when the battle starts, you, you go turtle? Like, it's like crickets? You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. We all do it wrong. The reality is when it gets hard, my first call should be to my buddy, to my sister, my brother. Help me out. It is not weakness to declare weakness. It is strength. How stupid would it be if the guy standing on the wall was like, oh my gosh, I must be doing it wrong. They're attacking my section of wall. I don't want anybody to know they're attacking my section of wall. I'm just going to, oh, I'll, I'll worry. Oh, oh, maybe they'll, they'll celebrate my dead body. <laughs> if the enemy comes at you, invite some people to the party. Many of you have done this, and, and I, I can't tell you enough. I mean this 100%. You've had, heard this phrase from me. Thank you for inviting me to your battle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, I, this is totally different. Anybody enjoy helping someone else move, like move their house and hate moving your own? You know what I'm talking about? How much fun is it to fight somebody else's battle and it not be yours? It's, it's the most fun at all. I don't hold out on your brothers and sisters. They want to have fun. I can't tell you how great it is, how many times you all have reached out and like, I'm struggling with this, and we pray, boom, God shows up, and we're like both having, I was having an okay day, now I'm having a great day, thanks to your problem. 
But we must not battle alone. Okay, but who here, you're like, I'm just going to see if I can handle it on my own for a while. Until you're being dragged down the highway behind a semi. <laughs> what, is your, what is your level? I want to submit to you, to all of us, we have too high a level at which we call for help. We need to be calling for help. We, we should not be holding out on the fun from our friends. Okay? Because guess what? If you celebrate, if you have a part in the battle, guess what you have a part in? The victory. Oh my goodness. And the blessing. We are made for this. But we, you all have been holding out and I've been holding out on victory and blessings for each other. And I would also submit there are many victories we'll never get until we invite others to our battle. Just saying. And so in this, they, they're getting victory and it's just really powerful and they keep pressing in. And this is where we ended uh, last two weeks ago. It said this, it said, chapter six, verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th month of the month of Elul in 52 days. 125 years or 52 days. Something I've noticed about the way the kingdom works is this. Anybody, when you're, when you're starting to make a major change in your life, it feels like everything slows down and it takes forever. I'll give you an example, dieting. Anybody know like the first week of a diet is eternal, right? You're like, I will never survive. I thought it would be easy, right? Whatever it is, and major, when you start to make a major change, it feels like time slows down. And you're like, I'm barely moving at this rate. It'll take, I'll be dead before I lose weight, Right? <laughs> You know what? Does that make sense? So in the, these, it happens, but there's something I've found is the submitted life, little tiny steps rapidly add up to great change. Little tiny steps rapidly build to great change. And so what had taken them 125 years and not successful, every time they build it up, it got torn down. They were able to, in 52 years of unity... 52 days. Thank you. Somebody knows I was a test. I was test. See, together we can. No, no. It, it takes all of us. Uh, 52 days, they were able to accomplish what they couldn't in 125 days. 25 years. See? See, I keep testing. You're on to me. All right. So, so therefore, the, the book ends with happily ever after. Anybody here, you get a victory and you're like, woohoo, we coasting from here on out. We have an enemy. He is not flesh and blood. Don't get it twisted. But we have an enemy, and he doesn't, he's not interested in us succeeding. Let's roll on. Verse 16. When our enemies heard about this, all the, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. Celebrate. When you walk in your destiny, all of hell trembles. When you walk in your calling, when you walk in obedience to God, when you allow him to flow through you, all hell trembles. Because they realize this work had been done with the help of our God. I have a question. Do you, have you and I lived in such a way that everybody knows it's God? Hopefully. Or have any of us taken a little bit of the credit? <laughs> You're right. I am awesome. Thank you for noticing. I was 
cracking up with Peter. I was like, oh, Peter, thank Jesus for the local church. You will never get a big head. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> on the internet, you know, on the internet, you can be all things to all people and this awesome. But like here, everyone knows you and they know everything about you, right? <laughs> and like no one is going to be deluded into that. <laughs> oh, great man of God. Loves you and honors you. Uh, no, but but but, but no, but no. And I want to say uh, this is something I've noticed. This is something I've I've really been asking the Lord about this because we've we've talked about this over and over again. John 17, the whole reason why Jesus died, he tells us, is that we may be one, right? The whole point is union with God through the cross, that glory on the insides, the presence of God in us, and then that union with God, therefore, through that union, union with each other. That we may be one. That's the whole point. Nothing. That is the whole point. It's not that you be awesome. It's not that you, you succeed. It's not that you are fully self-actualized. It's not that you have every comfort and pleasure. It's that we may be one. Because that's what we're made for. And so I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what does that look like? And in men, men, uh, <clears throat> men Set Free that we've been doing, we stumbled on something. Uh, Scott and Warren and I had this huge plan of how we were going to do men set free and none of it worked. No, I mean, we made the mistake of listening to God rather than doing what we had planned. I always like to say, if you, you know, the whole line, if you want to hear God laugh, share your plans with him, right? You know, is, um, I always like to say is we have a plan. So God has something to mess with. And what has happened is we're trying to figure out what you know, Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And if a tree has good fruit, that's the one you focus on, right? Anybody know the difference between apples and crab apples? Yeah, yeah right? If you have an apple and a crab apple tree, which one are you going to focus on? The apple tree. And so we were seeing fruit, fruit, fruit with men. And we we're like, what is it? And this is the way, best way I can put it. We have brought the men into a place where they can see God and see how he sees them. And then we invite them to share with another guy so that they can be seen by that guy and, be, and see that guy. Community is not how much you do together. It's how much you allow yourself to be seen and how much you see. And what we've watched is I've never seen such unity among men. I've never because most of us guys, what are we? We're all... True? Sorry, I outed you. They're like, oh, I am by nature awesome all by myself, right? Yeah, I'll be back when I've sorted all my problems. Thank you. Right? And no, but what I've watched is men being absolutely real with each other with no condemnation, no shame, and celebrating each other's victories. This is community. Community is not, the depth of community is not determined by, by the amount of time you spend together. This is one of the delusions that came out of the 70s with the Jesus people. If we just spend time together, everything will work out. You know how, how many communes went bust? Because they're like, ah, oh, we are one. Listen, it's not the quantity of time, it's the quality. Anybody have a friend that truly knows you and you can't see him, you don't see him for 20 years and then you see him and they still know you. It is a, the ability to be seen and to see. And that is the community 
that Jesus said, they will know you are my followers, my disciples, by your love. Love. Love is the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, right? It's the primary fruit. And so in this place, this is, the, this is what we're made for. So, so, so let's see how, how this uh, opposition manifests. So they're, 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 they're frustrated. They're afraid of the people. So what happens? Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah. You guys remember Tobiah was the Ammonite. Tobiah is the enemy. Tobiah is the local mafia boss. Why are the nobles of Jerusalem sending letters to Tobiah? Intel. For many in Judah were under oath to him. Since he was the son-in-law to uh, Shechaniah, son of Ara, and blah, 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 blah. All those very famous people. So what's happened? The people they were supposed to have unity with are under oath to somebody else. Do you think that might mess with the unity? One of the great things about community is it actually reveals the places we aren't one. And that's not a problem. That's a promise. Anybody thought you were one and then you got married? <laughs> Several people froze. I don't think I'm supposed to say yes to that one. No, honey. Did not think that at all, right? <laughs> no, the reality is the closer we draw to one another, the more we realize where we're separate, where we're not one. And that's not a problem. That reveals what God wants to remove. He wants to remove the wall of separation. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and telling him what I said. Do you think that that was an encouragement to Nehemiah? Tobiah is wonderful. You should invite the mafia boss over for dinner. You should make him in charge of things. Do you see a problem? Yeah. yeah. And Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Wow. What happens when you realize the division in a relationship or a division in what, in what you're doing? Uh, uh, not you, somebody, just give me some ideas of some normal reactions to uh, when you realize there's a problem in a relationship, there's a breakdown, and that there's some intimidation going on and some backbiting and... Run to God. Run to God. Oh, pray for me. Awesome. Okay. All right. We're going to put that a little star. Run to God. Okay. Run to God. When you're not running to God... Withdraw. Okay, I heard something else. What? Withdraw. Uh huh. Blame. Ooh, I like that one. What's that? Tension. Tension. Uh huh. What's that? Attack. Retaliate. We didn't start the fire, but we're going to finish it. Retaliate. There we go. Insecurity. All right, what else? Ooh, if, oh, oh, get some slander. No, it's not slander. It's carefully chosen words to position the situation properly in their eyes by omitting key details. What else? Gaslighting. Gaslighting, what? Self-victimizing. 
Self-victimizing. Yeah, come on. And gaslighting. Give Give up. Lay down and die. I've never done that. Run away! No, give me one more just for the fun of it. Judgment. Oh, that's, so, that's my personal favorite. I like to start there because I feel like that really helps me with the others. I feel like it sets me up for the win. <laughs> I love you all. I love that we're real. I just, I couldn't, I'm telling you what, you've made me useless for anybody else on the planet. <laughs> Everybody else is like, we are not naked. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You all are real. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Is that not our automatic? The minute there is God reveals a place of separation and prayer, we want to go to here, don't we? I, uh, I went through something uh, where uh, someone was running around and telling all kinds of stories. And don't you hate it when you only hear tiny bits of the stories? Because the devil is gracious and loving and kind to give you the whole story. <laughs> You know, like blow it up way bigger than it ever was, right? Well, you really know what they're really saying. Only, only me? Okay, anyway. And so I'm like, I'm going to a bad place. I'm losing sleep. Uh, you know, my, I'm, my stomach's hurting. I'm, uh, I'm spending a lot of time fantasizing about a lot of these. You know, I'm like, well, how about we try that one? Anybody do that at 3 a.m. where you're like, well, how about we try that one? Or what about that? Or you go to the courtroom of your mind. Do you know that place? Where you're like, and then I say this, and then they say this, but then I say this, and then they say this, and then then everybody sees, well, diabolical there. Okay, good. As long as we're on the same page. And in that place, and God spoke something to me. He said, he kept whispering the verse. They were like sheep before the shearers, and they did not open their mouth. And I'm like, you're not encouraging me, Lord. This is not helpful. Anybody had that conversation with God where he gives you something, you're like, yeah, uh, behind door number two? No? No? Uh, by the way, God never talks in terms of menus. He gives you one option. And, and the reality is I was like, okay, Lord, sh- you've got to show me how this is good. Right? I don't like being sheared. I like my coat. (laughs) You know, the only place that the sheep is safe in a shearing is if it relaxes. If you ever watch the sheep shearing, they take these really scary clippers. And if you watch a really good shearer, they flip them over on their back even better. Ah! Right? And they just go, and it comes off like a coat. And you're like, And do you know why the sheep is silent? Because it trusts the shepherd to protect it in a scary situation. Well, and actually the ones that are the ones that have had it and they trust the shepherd, they really do just become they become limp. Now the first timers are (laughs) whoa, 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 what are you doing? But but what I was like, I was like, I so I pressed in. And so when God says something that doesn't make sense, press in and ask questions. That's okay. So I was like, he was like, so Peter, he said to me, he said, will you trust me to protect you? And this is where it gets real. I was like, so if I trust you, does that mean X, Y, Z outcome? He said, oh, no. Does it mean this outcome? No. 
then what does it mean that I'll protect you? <laughs> Don't worry. I went back and thought about these for a while. <laughs> Before I realized all these take me to hell and actually don't end up protecting you, do they? They end up you up being worse off than before and they leave you alone. So I said, okay, Lord. And do you know what? He did protect me. First, he protected my heart because I was able to sleep. He gave me peace. But more than that, what I had discovered was as long as I was entertaining these thoughts of the enemy about what people were saying, I was starting to separate myself, not just from them, but from everybody. Because you know what happens when we're afraid? We view everybody as dangerous, don't we? We view everybody. And I was backing away and I couldn't show up in relationship to anybody. And so what I want to submit is Every time a breakdown in relationship happens, a breakdown in community happens, you only have two options. Move forward with God or run away to the island of one person. Because it's always how it rolls. Anybody know that island of one person? Do you see my tent there? Yeah, yeah. We, we, it's like a timeshare. You, you never actually are there on the same time. You just, you know, take your time, right? So... <laughs> um, <laughs> No, but in that place. So here's my question. Here's Nehemiah. Nehemiah's in our place. What do you think he does? I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Chapter 7, verse 1. Tobias sent letters to intimidate me. So after the wall had been rebuilt, uh-huh, I had set the doors in place. The gatekeepers and the musicians and the Levites, Levites were appointed. What did he do? Two things. One he watched what came into the city. When you and I are struggling, we need to watch what's coming in. The enemy coming in with letters of intimidation, what do we need to do with those letters? Burn them, Burn them shred them, toss them back over the wall. Anybody? Okay, have you noticed that when you are hungry for gossip, it comes to you like a flood? And you know what? Like, what are people saying about me? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I cannot allow any of that in. I can't allow accusation in. I can't allow judgment in. I've got to man the gates. And the other thing is, what did he do? He appointed Levites. What did Levites do? What were they in charge of? Worship. I have to get the band back together and worship. <laughs> Worship. Why do you think what we're doing here is so important? There's a lot of reasons, but one of them is because it gets our head out of parts of our anatomy where it gets stuck and it stinks. Your navel, for instance. It does because when I gaze on him, I get his perspective. Suddenly I have hope, I have joy, I have life, and I can agree with him for his purposes in my life. But as long as I'm trying to resolve in my mind, in the courtroom of the mind, I will never get out. I have to take a stand and say, I will not partner with gossip. I will not partner with slander. I will not partner with intimidation and accusation and confusion and despair. Anything that does not come with the fruit of the spirit, I will not partner with it. And then turn to Jesus and go, Jesus! <laughs> Until worship shows up. See, we worship till worship shows up. Did you track me? We worship till worship shows up. See, our worship is actually an act of faith because we're not even capable of worship unless he empowers us to worship. 
So we make an act of worship until his worship begins to flow through us. Anybody ever pumped one of those old hand pumps? What are the first three or four pumps like? Nothing. Nothing. Anybody done that in worship? Oh, Jesus! Oh, Jesus! And then the water begins to flow. Come on. Whoo! I like you, Nehemiah. Come on. So my God put it in my heart. Now listen. He didn't have a clue until he did two things. He was dealing with intimidation. He was dealing with accusation. He was dealing with backbiting. And he had a, had a, had a problem so the first thing he did is he set the gates, right? He made a zero tolerance for anything that didn't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Second thing, he went to worship. Then God revealed the plan. If you're trying to find a plan when your head is up your navel, you'll never find it because there's only belly button lint in there. Until you gaze on God, you'll never get God's plans. Until God becomes big in our eyes. And he said, so I, he said... He said, uh, bu- bu- oh, I jumped ahead. Sorry, my bad. Um, he said, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother, Hanani. Why? Because that's somebody I trust. See, one of the things about boundaries is the people that you trust the most should be the closest. Just saying. Along with blah, 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 blah. And I said to them, the gates are not to be opened until the sun is hot while the gatekeeper is still on duty. And that, okay, all that. I, was, I just jumped ahead. Now, the city was verse four. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it and the houses were not yet built. And he, and he, so he had said yes to this destiny to build a great city. And now they have a big wall and a big empty city in the middle. One of the things that will depress you most is the promise of God. What will depress you most is the promise of God. Why? Because the promise of God is, in diametrically, is diametrically opposed to your present reality. We are a great city. Crickets. Nothing, right? We will be a great city. Well, we have a nice wall anyway. <laughs> Having built the wall, now he could, be, he could be hurt, he could be offended, he could be depressed by the lack of a city. Or he could realize now that we have a wall, we can build a city. And, and he says, so it's spacious. There's great space. So my God put into my heart, what? To assemble the nobles. Whatever your destiny, whatever the call of God on your life, you cannot do it alone. Which means you're going to have to do it with fallible, weak people. Anybody found that everybody you partner with is fallible and weak? <laughs> Including, well, especially myself, Right? Well, I, I have high standards in relationships, right? No, no, the reality is there are nothing but weak, fallible people. But as we draw close together, God reveals the cracks so that they can be removed. So instead of turning on these very people who've shown that they're like, but Tobiah's great. Nehemiah's like, no, he's not. Yeah, he is. These are the very people he invites to partner with him. How could he do this? Because God is his protection. He calls them up away from Tobiah. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. Okay. Family is God's idea, but it's also a trigger word. Anybody? Okay. When you think of family, what do you think of? 
dysfunction. You think of the family you grew up in, true? People are like, uh, a bad place to be after 7 p.m. <laughs> Keep your head down, right? Whatever it is. There, so, you know what? I, so, I have horrible news for you. You grew up in a dysfunctional family. Because that's the only kind there are. And you are presently in a dysfunctional family. Because that's the only kind there are. Because only God is perfect. So the reality is all of us have, if we take family that we've experienced as our standard, most of us will run screaming into the night, right? So when, uh, when people say, God, this is God's family, you're like, so you mean domination, intimidation, and control? No. Ah, uh, so what you mean is everybody does whatever the heck they want. No. What do you mean? See, family was God's idea because in the beginning, the only thing he said that he made that was not good was a man by himself, a person by themselves. So he made family. Family is God's idea, that unity we talked about. This is the whole point of all of creation is family. But it can't be the families we've known. He is calling us higher. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to a new place. And so in this place, he starts, his answer to accusation is actually to run towards relationship and run towards family. God is doing something in our midst with unity that we do not, we cannot fully grasp. This is something, the way God speaks to me about destiny. It's like you come up to the top of a hill this is me, by the way. Um, you come up to the top of a hill, and there's a valley, and up here we have the glorious mountaintop, whatever that is. That's the glorious, the glorious destiny, right? We see it off in the distance. And in between is a sea of fog. <laughs> I can see my next step, and I can see the destination, but I can't see much in between. I would submit... But as we walk forward, it tends to be that the fog gets lower and lower and we can see more and more of the valley and more and more of the path. But God is calling us to family. He's calling us to relationship because relationship precedes mission. Community precedes mission. I'll give you an example. When Adam and Eve became one, one of, what was one of their missions? To be fruitful and multiply and do what? And subdue the earth. Okay. First, they had to become one. And then they could be fruitful. Did you track how that works? Yeah. Do we need to go back to biology? No. It's out of union. Then they can walk in mission. But it's not we do mission to become one. You get it backwards. I... Uh, Okay, I have people I know. They were a couple for about 30 years. They were married, and they remodeled their house top to bottom, inside and out, three or four times. And as soon as they did, they couldn't remodel it anymore. They got a divorce. Because all they had was a mission. They had no unity. See, mission will never unify us. When we unify around mission... Intimacy that is simply function is a one-night stand. 
I'm trying to be PC here. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it up here. If your intimacy is simply to achieve a goal, then it's not intimacy. It's being used. God doesn't want a bride who's being used. He wants a mission that flows out of intimacy. He wants out of our union that it happens. Listen, I submit to you, I, this is one of the things I ask the Lord, why in the world are we getting exposure to the millions of people? And God said to me simply this, oh, it's because there's a measure of unity finally in a rise. I was like, there is? <laughs> Anybody, you get impressed with what's not rather than what is? And I said, then show it to me. I really believe that as we become one, he can entrust us with more mission and it won't distract us. Masha and I have to work at this all the time. We're on mission together all the time. But I don't want her as a uh, work partner. She's my lover first and foremost. And out of that flows amazing things. And so we are called to be on mission, but it's because he's made us one. And so into this place, into this place, we watch and on the backside of registering them for, as family, the very end of the, the chapter, verse 70, it says that they gave sacrificially. Anybody here been told you have to give to the church? You have to give to this? You have to give to that? And you felt manipulated? Yeah. And felt, you notice we've never asked you for money like that? Because it's out of intimacy, then sacrifice is obvious and easy. Yes. Right? I want to. Masha, I was tired yesterday. Masha went out to walk the dog and God poked me. And he goes, remember how you really, that Masha really wanted the garage clean for the last three months. And, uh, <laughs> and wouldn't it show her your love if you cleaned it? And I was like, yes, Lord, the spirit is willing. <laughs> but I got up off of my keister. Thank you. I got up off my keister for the sake of love for the first time in three months. <laughs> and she felt loved. See, love will lead you to sacrifice in ways that obligation would be destructive. Uh, sacrifice has to come out of intimacy, out of union, out of community, out of love, or else it's abuse. God doesn't want. That's why God says over and over again, I hate your festivals. I'd rather you just do the things that are on my heart, like do justice. And so I just want to say in this messy sort of way, God is making us one. Well, how's that going to happen? By you, it's a mystery. Anybody figure that out? But it is simply this. It is this, that when divisions arise between you and me, that's a different type of arise. When divisions arise between you and me, A, it's because we've drawn close to get, closer together. You know, you can't have division with somebody you're not in relationship with. But as, we, as division is revealed, that we will fight that division together. We will recognize that division is the problem and not each other. Well, and also, like what you were saying with men's arise, like that we will start actually showing up and connecting on a deeper level. And it's not going to be with everybody, right? I mean, that's an a unrealistic idea, right? But... If you've never connected, if you've never opened up with anyone, I would challenge you to ask for just one person you can start really opening up with. And they opening up with you, right? 
But I want to say, and I said this to the guys, who are my all or nothing people? You know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, we're supposed to open up? Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're going back to the garden, baby. <laughs> uh, no, not quite just yet. <laughs> Maybe one button. Okay. Let's take a little, take a little bit of time. Literally, trust is earned. It's a risk, but we do baby steps, and they prove that they're worthy of our trust, okay? So if you're allowing yourself to be seen, like I said, maybe roll up your shirt sleeves. Give them, show people a little bit of who you are. It's not all or nothing. Who here has been abused when you showed it all? Yeah, and it's not natural. We build trust little by little. So as we're a community, as we're, we're fighting division, we're fighting what separates us, we we're choosing not, we're, hard, we're holding the gates that when the enemy comes in and says, you know what they really think, right? We're fighting accusation. We're saying, no, I'm going to believe the best. We're fighting against those things and we're allowing ourselves to show up. God will work the union because literally the union of that, if that we're talking about can only be accomplished by God. But I want to say something. Uh, we've been pressing in, like, why community? Why all of this? And I really felt like just this, this burning thing that Christianity is impossible to walk out on your own. Right? That Christianity, that Christian life is only possible in community. Is only possible with that intimacy when people are speaking into your life, when you are speaking into people's lives. That's how growth is possible. I, I know it's American ideal that it's possible just me on, you know, at home watching TV, but it's not. And I just, I feel like it's a challenge. Like if you've been saying you want to grow as a Christian, but you've been isolated on your own island, it's just not going to happen. Come on. Right? Like just deal with it then. If you just, if you don't want to connect and you don't want to come in, I mean, just receive the truth that you are not going to grow. And it's okay. I mean, it's your nobody's, choice. Nobody's no forcing. one is going to force you. But that's the reality. The reality is that, you know, as you receive Christ, you will grow as you step deeper and deeper into community. Come on. That's the reality. And if you only <laughs> show yourself to people with Instagram filters five feet deep, you also won't grow. Growth actually doesn't happen in this space. What happens on a Sunday morning is that we're sharing a common experience so we can have a common language to actually show up in life together. That's part of what happens. But there's another thing, and, and you've said this before, darling, that um, we've been asking the Lord about what, how do new believers, how do people who've just come to faith actually grow up in the Lord? And one of the things, and, and why, well, one of the questions was, why can't we just run around from party to party, conference to conference, just have fun and never actually have That's to? my question because I love it. You Masha's know, our material. party girl. She's just like, I just <laughs> want to go to party. everything fun. Lots of glory. Yeah, lots of glory. <laughs> like, why not? And what, what did he um, say to you? And Jesus said, well, uh, Masha, yeah, if you were single, you could go clubbing every night. Mm. Which we did. Which we did. <laughs> 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 not every night, but a lot. <laughs> Um, but once you start having babies, <laughs> someone has to pay the electric bill <laughs> and has to get up at night, right? And so, I mean, that was his challenge to me. Like he said, you know, without, if... <laughs> well, real discipleships happen in the midst of covenant relationships. 
in actual relationship, not in the midst of community, yeah. right? Where people are committed, mm-hmm. right? You can raise a baby as a single mother, but it's going to be really hard. Come on, right? You can um, leave a baby on the street, but it's probably not going to thrive. But I would also say you can raise children by yourself as a couple, but it's hard. It's a lot easier in community. And there is something that happens, and Masha's talked about this, three-dimensionality of the kingdom. When the kingdom becomes manifest, Jesus said this, the kingdom is in your midst. When it becomes in between us, people from the world can walk into it and go, woo, we're not in Kansas anymore. I suddenly realize up is down and and down is up, and oh my goodness, things that I I start, Paul put it this way, if they come into your midst and the secrets of their heart are revealed, they will worship God. It's not their sins. It's their recognizing who God made them to be. They will worship him. And that happens when they come into, into the, the three-dimensional, the glory of community. That's the glory that God wants to reveal because it's coming out of all of us and creating a pool of his goodness and his love. And so I just want to throw, we just want to throw down the gauntlet today. I don't know where you are, but all of us, we have divisions to overcome. We have places to begin to maybe undo another button or roll up another sleeve. Vows. Vows. Like I have to go up to that hardcore. I'm like, wow. I will never. Yeah. Do I really want to open up again? I don't know. I will (laughs) never trust. All of us, right? Have been hurt, have been, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Violated. And you know, the vow almost comes in. Well, no, just me. (laughs) Right. But it's not going to go well for me. I just know. I will get bitter and hard old woman. <laughs> if, I, if I go that route, I, I, it's going to be bad. I'll put another vow out there. I will only let people see the good. Because if I show them the bad, they'll reject me. They'll judge me. They'll hurt me. And I'm not going to do that anymore. These are the vows that keep us from actually showing up in relationship. Allowing ourselves to be seen. And allowing us to be healed. Whew. Well, that was heavy. If we could have the worship team come up. Oh, thank you, Rich. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tobiah's been talking. We need to worship. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you, my man. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you. If we could stand. Father, I thank you that this is utterly impossible. It's going to have to be, I think, supernatural. <laughs> It's a good thing we have a supernatural God. And thank you that it was literally out of darkness that into your marvelous light that you've called us into the light of your love that empowers all of this, gives us the courage to show up in relationship, gives us the courage to fight against division, fight against separation, gives us the hope to believe that your glory is worth it, that these light momentary troubles are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's being revealed. Let's worship.